Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning, good morning and welcome to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. Good morning, Fagy. Good morning, Adol. You know, we've been speaking a lot um you know, um, between ourselves. Sometimes I actually thought, actually yesterday, we should have just recorded our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> a lot about the fact that when we are talking about health, we are also talking about mental health and emotional health. And a lot of times, um, you know, we, we go down the path to, to fix up our physical health, which is obviously vitally important and a basis for good health. But it's very much linked with emotional health, with mental health, with spiritual health, um, and, you know, uh, we need to look at things on a global level. Absolutely. You know, it's very interesting. I was thinking about this morning how often we bring up the concept of trauma on our show and how much we discuss the mental health aspect. You know, I was taken back to our show with Dr. Matara, how he would discuss how he would try and help his patients over many years and he would do what he had to do, but then they would just wouldn't get better. And it's the trauma and the fear that the person's actually still living with, that they aren't able to let go, which ultimately doesn't let them actually get rid of the disease or the issues that they really have. Um, we discussed about the addiction, the trauma. So it's it's almost like a, the same thread that we're going through, but really it does have such a huge effect on our health. Absolutely. And so today we're going to carry on that thread. We are going to be discussing EMDR, which means eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, because there are many, many things that we can do to help our fears, our anxieties, you know, our mental um, stability, but not necessarily taking medication. Of course, medication has a place. Of course, you always have to speak to your doctor and your healthcare and make personal decisions. This is just a program to open up your mind and open up your vistas that there are many, many things that can help us. We are going to be speaking with Dr. Elisa Billman. Dr. Elisa Billman is a clinical psychologist. She has a master's and doctor of psychology degree from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. She's been living in South Africa for nearly 13 years and in private practice for seven years. We're going to welcome her after the break. And, of course, as always, if you'd like to join the conversation, 34519 is our SMS line, 061-895-1019, our telegram number. Come on, join the conversation. It's important. We all need to be mentally healthy. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. You are listening to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. Um, as explained, we have Elisa Billman online. Good morning, Elisa. Welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for giving of your valuable time. Um, as discussed, we want to learn more about what EMDR is all about. So I'm giving the floor to you. Uh, explain to me because I've, I've heard it. I'm not sure what it does. Okay. So, so as you mentioned, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, and, and what it does. So the idea behind it 
is that just like our bodies have the ability to heal, our brains do also. So if we get a cut on our hand, our hand tends to heal itself. But it might get dirt in it, it might get infected, and then we need something to restore the healing process. So the same is true with our brains. Our brains are really unbelievable. They're, they have neuroplasticity. We're able to heal from things that we experience. But sometimes when we experience extreme stress or extreme trauma, we get stuck. And, and we get, we can get stuck with, with the experience and then the same thoughts, um, feelings, emotions, and body sensations. And then when we're reminded of it, our brain fires off those same thoughts, feelings, and body sensations. So it feels like it's happening now. And we don't even necessarily realize that, that, that that's happening. It's, it's, it's often very unconscious. Um, so so they're, they're big traumas, which most people would consider traumatic, like, you know, like a, a carjack, hijacking, an attempted hijacking or robbery. Um, but there are also little traumas. And on their own, the little traumas don't necessarily make a big impact on us. But often there are lots of little traumas and, and the combined effect is quite traumatic. So what the EMDR does is it helps us to reprocess those memories. So, so to take, and I'll give an example in a moment, but to take those, to take those memories and, and consolidate them in a more healthy way. So often when we experience a trauma, it gets stuck in our brains with, let's say it's, it's an attempted hijacking. Um, so, so we might have an image and we might keep getting, um, flashbacks, or we might be afraid to drive, particularly at night. And as we get to a robot, we might get really anxious. And if a beggar comes over to us, we might get even more anxious. So, so in that case, what would happen is I would say, okay, what's the image that wor- represents the worst part? What's the negative thought that you have about yourself? So, when you think about that image. So that might be, I'm in danger. I'm going to die. Um, what would you prefer to believe about yourself instead? I'm safe. Um, how true does that feel? So at the beginning, it, it probably feels really untrue, more like a one or a two out of seven. And, and what are the emotions? So the emotions are probably fear. Um, and how disturbing does it feel? on a scale from zero to 10. Like, and, and, and when I say how disturbing does it feel? I mean, that's like that, that body sensation. When you think about that experience now, how charged does it feel? And, and that's often quite high. And where do you feel it in your body? Um, because we, we store stress and trauma in our bodies. Um, and, and a lot of times people feel it in their chest. They feel it in their shoulders. Sometimes people feel it in their face. And then what happens is the EMDR is eye movement desensitive. Eye movement is actually a poor name. Um, it, it's, it's not just about eye movements. It's about stimulating both sides of the brain. So it can be through eye movements. It can be through tapping. It can be through 
like a little buzzer on, in each hand. Um, and it can be through sound. And, and that bilateral stimulation helps to reduce the, um, the, the charge of the experience. So if it started out as a 10, as the person continues, they kind of just, they, they kind of see a movie in their mind of, of the, the experience that happened. Um, and while they're getting the bilateral stimulation and then I'll say, stop what's happening. And then they'll describe what's happening. And what, what, what tends to happen is that as their brain processes, the, the memory decreases in charge and, and it feels more distant. And by the end, it feels more like a photo. So it's, it doesn't feel, it's still intellectually, rationally, it's still upsetting, but it doesn't have that emotional charge like it's happening now. And would someone have to go through a whole bunch of EMDR processes with you to get rid of a trauma? So that depends. It's a really good question. If it's a single incident, then, and there's no history of trauma, then it's generally pretty quick. It's generally a couple of sessions. If it's, if there's a long history of trauma, um, then it tends to be longer. So just, just to understand, um, basically what you, you, what I'm hearing you say is that you make the, the, the patient recreate the trauma to feel it, to, 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 to see it, to, to like you sensitize the body to it. And then what are you doing? You're giving them something to hold. Like how does the actual desensitization work? Are you so, like balancing waves or? No. So there are a couple, there are a couple hypotheses in terms of what's actually happening. Um, one hypothesis is that it's like REM sleep. So, so that's with, particularly with the eye movements. So that we're, we're, our, our brains are kind of processing through similar to REM sleep. Um, another, another hypothesis is that there's, we can't focus on, on multiple things at the same time. Um, so, so by having all this stimulation, we're not able to, it, it reduces the charge of the experience because we're just kind of being bombarded with all this extra stimulation. Um, and then that reduces the charge. Another, another hypothesis is that it's, we're stimulating the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain. Um, so the right side is our images and emotions and the left side is, is more rational. So we're kind of making a bridge between the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain and and connecting the rational with the emotional and that helps to reduce the charge and then once the we are listening to 101.5 fm we are discussing emdr this is the healthy you wealthy you show with adel kasilski and fagy stern we are discussing EMDR with Dr. Elisa Billman and we are, I'm, I'm trying to unpack it and understand it. So if we look at trauma, like you've got big trauma, like single, single events, a carjacking or, you know, some, some, some major thing that happened to you, you can then have persistent trauma where maybe you grew, grew up in a house, perhaps there was abuse, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get kind of like what, Faggy and I have been like exploring a lot of, of, of small traumas, things that, you know, you're not going to, 
to to stop life because of it, but they they just build up. Does EMDR work on all three platforms, or is it particularly for really traumatic stuff? You know, as you said, carjacking, uh, an accident, uh, you know, or, or really really severe trauma. So it, it works on all three. Um, yeah, it's EMDR is it's a very broad therapy. It's used for and it's used for things in addition to trauma as well. So, so it's used for anxiety. It's used for poor self-esteem. It's used for pain. Um, I use it a lot for fibromyalgia. Um, it's used for addictions and, and it's a trauma based therapy. So, so what that means is that for whatever reason someone comes in, um, I'll, I'll kind of track back where that stems from and, and identify the thoughts that they're having about themselves. So for a smaller trauma, for anxiety, it can be, the thought might be, I can't handle it. Um, and, and then we track back and we process the earliest experience, the worst, and the present. And once we've done those three, there tends to be a major shift. Um, if the person doesn't necessarily have an actual memory of that trauma, how does that work? So, so often it can also be body memories, um, or, or for instance, um, my, my son, when my son was born, he was in the neonatal ICU and for 16 days. Um, and that was, that was quite traumatic. Um, and he was, you know, taken away from me. So when he was about two, um, we sent him for EMDR and, and in that case, it's, it's more of a story. It's kind of telling while the, while the baby or child is holding, um, bilateral stimulation. So ho- either holding those buzzers or the mom is tapping and it's telling the story of what happened, but in an adaptive way. So yeah, it, it was, it, you know, it was very difficult for you. You were taken away from your mom. You were put into this, into the neonatal ICU in the incubator. And it must have been really scary, but it was, it was because they wanted, they needed to help you get better. They needed to help you get healthy. Um, and then, and then you relate it to, to what's happening now. So, you know, it must be really scary for you to be away from your mom now, but you're okay now. It's over that happened in order to protect you. And, and, and it's amazing that even with babies who you think can't understand, they, they sit there and you can just see some things being reprocessed. Um, so and, just, and, just in terms of, of just taking the example of, 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 of your child, you would have obviously seen that there was an anxiety around separation from yes. you that would get you to go and say, well, you know, let's go work out why there is this type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or sometimes I worked with a baby who, who also there, it was a traumatic birth and she was taken from her mother straight away. And then she would wake up with nightmares, um, every night. And, and, and we worked with that. Are you able to do tapping on yourself just to kind of reprogram your brain from whatever trauma you might be experiencing? So, so there are tools um, that, that the EMDR therapist gives to the client before they start the actual EMDR. And those tools include some tapping and that can be done independently. The actual EMDR needs to be done with a the therapist because 
you can inadvertently trigger something and that needs to be addressed in, in a therapeutic environment. Do, do all, all, all people that come to you specifically, like obviously you're a psychologist, right? So people will, will, will come because they need some type of therapy. Do you use the MDR across the board or you use it as part of a therapy? Like, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, when you think about trauma and then if you start taking it for the smaller things, okay, that, uh, you know, my mom left me by myself in the park and I've become traumatized now, like I, I didn't have the guts to integrate with the kids or, you know, I fell on the slide or, or things that aren't, aren't major. At the end of the day, we're all traumatized. You know, if you actually start dissecting your life, we're traumatized. So, you know, uh, when, 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 when someone comes to you and they're requiring therapy is because they're needing to process through some type of trauma. And I'm using trauma here in the broader, broader context now of the way, you know, thinking is going is that it's just all places where you've been put into in an uncomfortable situation and it's triggered a reaction. And then, you know, later on in life or whenever it is, you are reenacting it out because your brain is processing, oh, you know, my mother shouted to me like this. So now when my kid's doing it to me or my husband's doing it to me or whatever, I'm, I'm reacting. So, is it is it wrong? Is it right to go and say then we're all traumatized and you know um, going and having therapy, going and having cognitive therapy might help or whatever have you. But unless you get to the place where you are taking away that you know you're desensitizing that that loop, you're never going to get anywhere. Is that right or is that wrong? <laughs> that's, a, that's that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, so I think it depends. You know, there's so, so, so the first question you asked was, do I use EMDR for everyone? So when someone comes to me, I try to figure out what the what the issue is, what it is, what the symptoms are that they're experiencing now, why they're coming in for therapy. And then I also want to know what they what they want to get out of therapy. Um, are they looking to vent? Are they looking to have a safe place or are they looking for something to shift? If they're looking for something to shift, then I'll take what they're experiencing and I'll track it back and then we'll, we will do EMDR. Um, and often, and, and sometimes, sometimes what I'll do is even just, just give them some coping skills. Um, and, and sometimes that's enough for them just to, to, to be, to be more okay. Um, I mean, I think, I think the different types of therapies, there are lots and lots of different types of therapies and they all serve a purpose. Um, you know, Edel, yesterday we were discussing about um, trauma and how we perceive things. And like you say, Aliza, I think a lot of it has to do with actually acknowledging the person's feelings, acknowledging the person's trauma and kind of just working through that because once you acknowledge it, the person feels safer. Mm, absolutely. You're able to actually see things differently. So when you, in other words, when you come into a situation in your life, when something, when something triggers you, it's not necessarily going to trigger you anymore. You're actually going to see it differently. You know, when, um, there was that Zoom the other night with Edith Eager and she was saying that in the concentration camps, when something bad would happen to her, she would close her eyes and listen to Mozart. So like mm. for her, that was her way of processing what was going on, but she was able to actually see it differently. It was her choice as to how to perceive that trauma. Um, and having, having someone either acknowledge you, acknowledge 
what you went through, acknowledge your feeling through that at that moment in that trauma, um, is able to just completely just deflate, let the person breathe, let them feel relaxed, let them feel calmer, and then you can just move on. Right. So, so when somebody, when we say that someone experienced trauma, what EMDR works with is trauma that was that wasn't consolidated effectively, meaning that it still feels traumatic. It still triggers them. Another, one person can experience, two people can experience the same event. Absolutely. And it can be traumatic for one person and the other person can process it. And then it's no longer traumatic. Um, so that that's really important to keep in mind. I think it's a very also. important thing to, not, to, to state because in a situation when something, God forbid, traumatic is happening to you, or if let's say you have constant images coming through your mind of either if it could even be the news it could be social media it could be stories that you're being told all the time of you know people dying from covid um there's so many different types of traumas it's obviously the way that we hold it and store it and perceive it that makes a huge difference absolutely and one of the biggest factors in terms of whether or not something stays traumatic is is the support so again people if people experience something that might be described as typically traumatic, if they receive the support, if they receive the validation, if they if they receive necessary steps to help them get through it, it's no longer traumatic a lot of the time. Um, and that's really, really important as well. Is EMDR, how do you bring EMDR into this COVID situation? So, so a couple of ways. Um, there's a psychiatrist, an Israeli psychiatrist, Dr. Gary Quinn, who, who developed a protocol to help people, um, manage the stresses of COVID. So it's not actually EMDR in its entirety, but it uses a lot of the EMDR concepts. And, and it's about kind of acknowledge, helping, so people will tap themselves and then the therapist will say, well, first of all, they would rate how what the issue is, what they're struggling with, what the negative thought is, something like I can't handle it, what emotions, whether it's anxiety or fear, um, and and then they tap theirself, themselves while the therapist says statements such as um, you can be in reasonable control of what you can be in control of. Um, this pandemic is temporary and it will end. And, and what tends to happen is, is that, that, that stress reduces. So it doesn't, it's not permanent, like a full EMDR process, but it, it, it's a, it's, it kind of helps them reduce their stress temporarily. And then they, have once been, they. Sorry. Have you been seeing a lot of people with COVID stress? Not directly. So I, I kind of came up with a, a, di- a term, so COVID disintegrative disorder, which is very broad. And it, it just kind of means that we're in crazy times, lots of stresses, and, and at different points, people are kind of just feeling like they're disintegrating, like they're not able to cope. So sometimes it's for financial reasons. Sometimes it's, it's because they're afraid of getting sick. Sometimes even the most extroverted person is worried about going back into a public place and having to talk to people. 
Um, so I'm not seeing direct, a lot of direct COVID issues, but what I am seeing are, are people who, who've been struggling with things and they've just, they've been so busy that they've been kind of pushing it aside. But, but now because of COVID, they're, they're working from home. They're, they don't have the distractions. And, and they're really, they're, they're recognizing that they're not coping. And, and a lot of times that's why people are coming in. Um, we were discussing this yesterday, Adel, about COVID and the effects that it's had on us and how we can, you know, we're all seeing our health from a different perspective and the, you know, the things that we want to change in our own lives. It's, it's pretty huge. It, it, it is. It's, it's very interesting because I, I keep on like thinking about COVID more probably on a metaphysical level, like why we got it in our lives, because in and of itself, it's, it's, you know, it's a disease as well. It's just a virus. It's a flu. But what it's doing when it comes into a body that is not healthy, then it triggers off an entire cytokine storm, you know, and that's why, um, you know, we kind of like feel more vulnerable because if we, we are not looking after our health, we're not looking after our well-being, you know, mm. we're more of a sitting down. And, it, and it, it's affecting not only physically that if I've got comorbidities, and I've got, you know, all of that stuff is that if, um, yeah, I had to have issues that I had to deal with and I didn't deal with them, like COVID brought them out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Or if people are, are stressed, they're feeling the stress in their body and then that makes them more sensitive to, to COVID and, and it weakens their immune systems. Yeah. So, so the, the, a lot of times it's just, it's kind of releasing the body, the stress from the body. Um, and that can be really effective and just help people be healthier and strengthen their immune systems. If anybody is having any problem with transmission, you can call the Centec National Transmission Center on 011-471-4612. I'll repeat that number, 011-471-4612. We're talking with Dr. Elisa Billman about EMDR about how, like finding ways how to deal with, with, with our stress. Um, let's just talk more about, about anxiety and general anxieties. I think that all of us have anxieties, you know, nobody is like anxiety free. Um, like again, does it have to reach a crescendo or can I go and say, look, I'm, I'm generally okay. There are just times that this and this happens and, you know, I should be encouraged to go and, 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 and work those things out. So it, it kind of depends. A lot of times people come into therapy because of a crisis. If, if things are, are generally going okay, people don't have time. A lot of times people don't have time for therapy. Um, it's often when something is really affecting them that they decide, okay, I need to deal with this. Um, but if someone is interested in kind of getting skills to help them manage that anxiety then that's that's a possibility also um the, i think the, a lot of the time also we don't realize that sometimes we just have a sleep issue it could be that we actually need that emdr to reprogram our brain because there's something that that's bothering us you know it's something it doesn't have to be something so traumatic and something we really aren't managing we're like highly 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 anxious we have to understand that something that is on a constant basis also can be dealt with Absolutely. But a lot of times, if it's constant, people don't even realize that it's a problem or they don't yes. even realize that it's not normal. They get so used to it that they can't even imagine living any other way. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people describe 
describe it as like their their immune systems are sorry their their nervous systems are just on all the time yeah so EMDR yeah. can help with that as well the other question I want to ask you how was EMDR discovered like who discovered uh, it who developed it I actually think that that's a we're going to keep that question. We're going to go for a quick ad break. And let's, I'd, I'd like to find out how, how did this all come about? We'll be back soon. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. And a reminder to everybody out there that Fagy and myself run a WhatsApp group where we just give a positive note on a daily basis on how you can make yourself feel better and act better. If you'd like to join this WhatsApp group, you may send an email to info at chaifm.com. Please give us your name and your email, I mean your your uh, cell number, not your email, your name and your cell number, and we will add you to the WhatsApp group. Of course, you have to run WhatsApp. Um, it's not a spam type of WhatsApp group that you get 100 things a day. It's admin run, and it's just we, we motivate ourselves, and we hope to motivate others. So it's info at chaifm.com. Dot com. We're discussing EMDR with Dr. Elisa Bullman. Before the break, I said, who actually even disco- discovered that you can desensitize yourself through EMDR? So it was it was developed by a woman, a brilliant woman named Francine Shapiro. Um, she was going through some some difficult personal stuff. I think that it was health related, um, and it was in the late 80s. And she, she, one day she was just taking a walk. And after her walk, she decided, she recognized that she was feeling better. And she was a researcher. So being a researcher, she wanted to figure out what just happened. And she wanted to replicate that. And what she realized is that she was looking back and forth between trees and, and kind of rapidly moving her eyes back and forth as she was taking the walk and, and that kind of started the whole process. Um, and again, being a researcher, she, she, she experimented a lot and, and she developed this, this process. Um, and it's really, really grown from there. And there's, there's ongoing research. Um, I mean, it's used all over the world. It's used in Israel. It's used in the States. It's used in, in Europe. Um, I think most continents, have their own EMDR associations. Um, Africa is is currently in the process of developing an association. It's it's just about ready. Um, South Africa, we're also in the process of developing an association. Um, so it's really used worldwide, and it's endorsed by a lot of really important organizations like the World Health Organization. Um, How did you come to? getting a special interest in, in, in EMDR? So I, when I was doing my, my degree in the States, um, I was always really interested in trauma. Um, and I, I'd heard about EMDR. Some of my, my friends who were already psychologists were using EMDR. So I heard about it here and there. Um, and then, and then I actually had a really bad traumatic dating experience. Um, and, and I just wasn't coping and I decided that I needed EMDR. Um, and, and it was really, really helpful. Um, 
and I, I after that I decided okay I want to learn this therapy so I, I actually did level one in the states in 2008 and then I got married and moved here and couldn't work so I couldn't use I couldn't use the EMDR and I couldn't um, I mean I couldn't work at all as a psychologist for about five years um, and then once I became a permanent resident and I and I finally finished my community service I took level two here. And then because of the time, I had to go back and do level one. Um, and I just, I see how effective it is. I it must be an amazing thing to be able to help people and heal people, you know, in such traumatic experiences. Oh, it's amazing. And, and to see, one of the things that I love about it is that you see, you see the results quickly. You don't necessarily see the full results in one session. But you see movement, um, and 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 if even if something goes from a ten to a seven, that's movement, and you see the results quickly. And I've I've had clients whose lives have been completely changed after EMDR. Um, their their relationships have changed. Their they they I mean I, I mentioned fibromyalgia before. Patients who who no longer have pain. Um, it, it's I want you to talk about that, like. With chronic pain, so mm-hmm. now you know again. I, I don't think just in, on the physical level, but I'm 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 being devil's advocate here. I've got a physical issue, right? I've got a physical issue that you can give a name to it. How is that going to help? Is it is just helping me process how to handle the pain? Like how how, how do you deal with chronic pain? So it depends what type of chronic pain. So often with fibromyalgia, um, there's a lot of there's a long history of trauma. So, so with fibromyalgia, we look at, at the trauma before the pain started, the, the trauma of the actual fibromyalgia and triggers. And, and often what happens is that people are storing their trauma in their bodies and it helps to release that. So is it, is it, is it pay, like, could we say, is it, is it wrong to go and say that all physical pain, all physical dis-ease is actually rooted in emotional, mental pain. You know, mm-hmm. you, you hear a lot about that. You, you, you know, there's, 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 there's a lot of thinking around it. Some people embrace it, some people don't. But, um, like, I've, I've, I've heard, like, in the realm of breast cancer, for example, that if you go look at people who develop it, and I'm not, again, saying that this is the blanket rule, there are the, the genetics to it, and there's a whole lot of stuff. But prior to that, again... There is something traumatic that, 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 you know, preceded it and then boom, you know, it appears in your life. Would, would that be an unfair statement to say for a lot of, a lot of the, the pain, physical pain that, or illness that we find ourselves in? So I think that there's always a psychological component. I don't think that it's, I don't know that it's necessarily causing the pain. So often if someone, let's say has migraines, for instance, um, whether or not the migraines are caused from stress, there's often a fear of getting another really bad migraine. And, and then that kind of creates a cycle where they have that fear, they're feeling that stress, and then they get the migraine. So if you can reduce that stress about getting the migraine and reduce the stress of, of kind of remembering what it was like, then then you're you're strengthening your immune system 
and and that no longer plays a part. It's interesting. I was just like thinking back again to COVID. You know, just this weekend I had like it was it was a crazy experience. I went and I had some um, craniosacral work, and I'm sure that I landed up being detoxed. And so I developed a cough on, on Friday night, and it literally was just my sinuses draining. But because of this COVID, like like umbrella, so we go, oh my God, it's COVID, you know. And 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 the whole of Shabbos, I was worried, and my neck got sore, and I went, oh my goodness. And I actually had to 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 try and separate. Um, you know, like what really are my symptoms? Am I really, I wasn't feeling sick. I kept saying to someone, are you feeling sick? No. Is your throat really sore? No. Like, are you running a temperature? No. <laughs> but it was incredible how powerful the mind was driving, you know, you, you better like walk all the way to a COVID testing on Shabbos because, <laughs> and it really wasn't at the end on Sunday, I just saw a chiropractor, he put my neck back into place and my neck was, neck was fine. And it, it was an incredibly powerful lesson of how thoughts, thoughts drive you. And you know, what, what you're thinking, what space you're in can, it, it can actually make you crazy sometimes. Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. always. <laughs> it's amazing how we do like we our brains do that to ourselves and being able to make that switch is is pretty huge being able to to change it from the negative processes to calm your body down and to change it into something positive can really change your whole experience in life you're listening to 101.9 high fm this is the healthy you wealthy you show with adel kasilski and Fagy stern Dr. Lisa, if somebody wants to get hold of you, if they feel that, you know, this can be a path that can, can help them towards healing, how can they get, how can they contact you? So either I'm on my email address, which is aliza725, A-L-I-Z-A-725 at gmail.com, um, or my WhatsApp, um, which is 076-368-7958. Just finally, is it something that 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 uh, the allopathic world recognizes? Like, is it is it medical aid rated? Like, do do, do they recognize this as a as as you know as a yeah, protocol that they're happy to pay with pay for? A- absolutely, yeah. It's um it's coded as psychotherapy. Um, EMDR is a full psychotherapy, and and they pay the 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 medical aid rate for sessions. And can That's a beautiful you do, holistic way of dealing with it. I love it. Um, last question: Can you do this via Zoom? Like a lot of therapies are being done through Zoom. If somebody has an anxiety, I don't want to, you know, meet in 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 person. Is it possible to do it through Zoom? It is possible, absolutely. Yeah. As as COVID started, um, we did a training with an Israeli therapist um, who taught us kind of how to use it through Zoom, and it's been incredibly effective. Brilliant. Well, there, there you have it. Um, here is another tool in our hopefully ever-growing toolbox on, on how we can heal ourselves emotionally, mentally. And of course, I'm sure it does have a, a you know, a spillover in, in, into physicality and into your, your general well-being. So thank you very much for your time and for your expertise. We appreciate it. Thank you, Fagy, as always. Thank you, the driver behind the show. Uh, I, I think we're going to be having one more show next week, just before Yontov, and then, yeah, we're going to be off air for a little while because we will be um, praying, feasting, fa- well, praying, fasting, feasting. I think that's how it goes, right? Um, <laughs> Eat, pray, love. <laughs> if you have any topics that you would like us 
to cover, you can also send an email to info at chaifm.com and we will certainly go out of our way to, you know, bring that to the public forum to have a discussion. In the meantime, thanks. Thank you to my, our guest. Thank you to Faggy and have thank a super you. day. Thank you so much, Aliza. Thank you so much for having me.